Do you know what it takes to move good to great? Are you almost where you need to be but not quite there yet? Find your way to success today. Welcome to the James Stentley Show with Dr. James Stentley. We've got the tips and guidance you need to propel your success to the next level. Now, here's your host, Dr. James Stentley. James Denley is known as one of the top 100 speakers in the world. He is also a best-selling author, philanthropist, and business sculptor. The JD3 Media Company brings you empowering, impactful, and inspiring content to help you take your business and your life to the next level. Hear impactful stories from some of our world's top entertainers, authors, business, thought, and community leaders. Today, I'm up in Chicago, Illinois at a, a million... And I just had the pleasure of listening to James Dentley speak. Let me tell you something. If you guys are looking for a business coach or for somebody to speak on stage at your event, James Dentley is the person to hire. I've known James Dentley for a very long time. One of the things I like most about him, he's a natural. What I mean by that, he has a passion for people that transform people's lives. What he brings to an individual or a group is a message of showing you how to really make change and grow and be something in your life. Take that greatness that's always inside of us and to really bring it out. He drives the emotion in the audience. He makes you feel exactly what he is saying. And the way in which he presents his words makes you want to listen to what he has to say. Our mission is to deliver amazing content all over the world through our podcast, radio, and coming soon, JD3 TV. Welcome to the James Denley Show. Hello and welcome back. This is Friday. I'm here. You're here. So it must be time for our show. And remember, we don't think outside the box because in our world, there is no box. Well, I am thrilled today. I honestly am. You guys hear from me all the time. But I have a very, very special guest because not only is she a guest and extremely successful, but she's a dear friend. And I really wanted you all to get a chance to know this woman because of her heart her knowledge, her gifts, but just the way that she gives to the world. And she's given so much to me and everyone who meets her loves her, but they end up working with her. And this young lady, her Forbes Riley, Forbes Riley is known as the queen of pitch, but much, much more. She's grossed over $2.5 billion in sales and product sales in her career. She's a renaissance woman and starred on television shows and movies and as an actress, as well as my favorite show, 24. She hosted many TV shows from the X Games to ESPN's X Games, ABC TV, Discovery Channel, hosted over 180 infomercials. She is known as the queen of QVC for over 24 years. And I want you to know that at the end of the show, I want everybody to have a website. She has some incredible programs helping people achieve the breakthrough in their life to discover their true self and be on path and purpose and understand the significance that they seek they have it inside, and she's going to teach you how to bring it out. So, Forbes, I just want to welcome you, first of all, to the show. How are you doing, my friend? I will tell you, that's going to be the new intro. I'm going to listen to myself every morning, James. That was spectacular. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was telling my crew, I was just teaching a class all day, and I said, I've been on a cruise the last couple of years. I'm the only woman in a group group of men, and there's only one speaker who wins best speaker every year. You would think it'd be me, but it's James Denley. Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, I was honored because I knew I squeaked by. <laughs> I will tell you what, I, I'm having an amazing time in the face of adversity. The question is, how do you continue? How do you keep moving forward and uh, working on that every day? Well, you know what? I've been talking about you a lot. We've got the full show and it's so much to talk about. But I'd like you to share a little bit about your story, because when you transition to where people see where you are now, when they Google you to know where you started and where you come from and your story, I think. That's so impactful, and I want people to get a chance to know you. So can you please share with everyone, who is Forbes Riley? 
Well, somehow my video seems to have stopped. So hang on one quick yep. second. I'm not quite sure All right. where my video went. Now that's You're odd. Back. There I am. Hello. We're back. All right. So what is interesting is I do watch. Oh, hang on. I'm going to turn that off. You know what? I'm going to leave technology the way it is and just focus on you. <laughs> so what is interesting is a lot of people actually do look at me and go, wow, you know, you are all that in a bag of chips. When I look at me, I'm like, good on you, girl. You're 60 years old. Mm. And hey. congratulations. I know. Go ahead. Come on. Go ahead. Say it. I'm waiting for it. You're looking good, girl. Looking good. <laughs> Living the absolute time of my life in love with a man who's 17 years younger and I've got two 17-year-olds. That seems to be the time of my life, right? Amen. <laughs> so this is for all of you guys who grew up as the outsider. First of all, let me assure you that if you peaked in high school, man, you peaked too soon. The funny thing about life is that you only know it once you've lived it. And I'm going to tell you, I wish I'd listened a little more carefully to grandparents and people older than me, because there's a lot of wisdom on the other end of this scale. Although apparently my 17 year olds do think they know it all. And sometimes I have to listen to them, but I grew up, I had two loving parents, but at eight years old, I ran into a baseball bat and I had a really goofy, odd nose. And then for eight, eight years of my life, imagine you take a cute little 18 year old who's now got an icky nose and you put her in a full set of braces with a tongue thruster, and at some point I had to talk like this, because I couldn't move my tongue. They put me in speech therapy. I grew up in a time, James, of fast food, and my parents had very little money. So my mom was 260 pounds. I was always chunky. And I had the frizziest of hair. And from the back, I think I looked like a triangle when I would walk past. And to top it all off of this odd little concoction of a little girl, I was really smart. Now, so smart, and this is important to know, that I actually didn't have a lot of friends that I could talk to. I didn't, I actually talked to teachers. In second grade, I was doing linguistics with uh, Principal Kilroy. I built a computer with my dad when I was eight years old in fourth grade. I literally stood in front of the class and explained to them how I built a schematic that with a magnet in my ring, I turned on three magnetic relays stuck in a silicon. What the heck was I doing? And all I wanted to be was pretty. And I wasn't. I mean, you know, if Marsha Brady was pretty with her straight blonde hair, and when she got hit in the nose with a football in one of those episodes, she was so ugly she didn't get to go to the prom. By definition, I was pretty ugly. And it was a very lonely, awkward childhood that I wouldn't wish on anybody, truthfully. I grew up in a time before DVRs, and I watched endless television. I can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you, James, on trivia from... F Troop, I Dream of Genie, The Monkees, Family, you name it. I, I knew all of those shows. Man from Monk. I mean, you go way back. Yeah. That's all I fixated on because those are my friends. Mm -hmm. But ironically, it taught me to dream. And what I wanted back then was I wanted to be James Bond. I loved those movies. I wanted to scuba dive and snow ski and, and be a spy and have gadgets and just live this amazing, adventurous life. And I'll tell you what, that was probably the smartest decision I ever made, more than going to college because I've done all those things that I wanted to do. I've got great gadgets in my life. I've been snow skiing and water skiing and scuba diving all around the world because I wanted to. And I did it at a time when I had no money. I'm the most creative chick you've ever seen. When I wanted to scuba dive, I got Club Med to hire me so I could scuba dive two times a day and get paid for it. When I wanted to snow ski, I had Jose Cuervo Tequila hire me and I did a stand-up comedy routine brought to them by the Cuervo Games of Winter. For 10 years, we did that. And that, my friend, turned into me hosting the X Games for ESPN. I have no path that you could follow. All I had was this insane ability to dream. And because I was so unsociable, I didn't have people telling me that it wasn't possible. 
I'll tell you what, you didn't share those dreams with anybody. You didn't tell I was going to be James Bond. It was in my own head. And so I've never had a job. I've never worked for other people. I mean, that's not fair. I've actually done a lot of infomercials and TV, but I've never done a nine to five. In fact, I remember in my 30s, somebody handed me a resume, like for a real job where it says your objective and the college and all that. I'm thinking, that's really kind of weird and goofy. Why would you ever do that? (laughs) And so I've written my own rules. And I guess I was so naive, I didn't know that that's not what everybody did. And along the way, I bumped into mentors. I bumped into people who changed my life and kept setting me on a different path and a direction and gave me the confidence that my early childhood never afforded me. One of those, I was in college. I was going to be a lawyer because that's what smart kids did. You were either a doctor or a lawyer. That was the only two choices my guidance counselor gave me. If you didn't like blood, you're a lawyer. And I went off to the University of Rochester to study political science to be a lawyer. I, only, I wanted to be Perry Mason. I didn't want to be a lawyer. I wanted to be an actress. And, oh, my gosh. You could not say that to somebody because they would, they would have told you, no, who do you think you are? Well, I'll tell you what. For all the goofy things I had going on physically, my senior year of college. Now, I'd auditioned when I was in high school. I always auditioned for the plays. And you know what I got? I got chorus. I got third townsperson from the left. I never had a name. In the program, it was always at the very bottom with all the other kids. And I used to dream, I can tell you the two girls who got all the leads, Renee Polina and Ann Casapini, they could sing, they were beautiful, and I wasn't them. Senior year of college, I auditioned like I'd always auditioned, was for Shakespeare's As You Like It, biggest role that Shakespeare ever wrote for a woman. Her name is Rosalind. She gets to be a boy in the play, she gets to manipulate things, She's, it's a great character. And so I auditioned, and I went to the call board to see who had gotten what part. And I started at the bottom, trying to find the townsperson, that, and my name's not there. And now I'm thinking, wow, I didn't even make that. That's how tough college is. Damn. And I kept reading. And then at one point, I looked to the top going, well, who's the lucky girl who gets to play Rosalind in this production? I get to the top and holy shit, um, that's my name. Did somebody make a mistake? And I went to the professor and I was literally, I was in shock. And I said, uh, excuse me, um, I, I don't know what to do with this. I, I don't. I, and he sat me down and Professor David Richmond went on to tell me, He said that you have more energy, more passion, more pain, more communication skills. He said, you are my dream, Rosalind. Now, here's the crazy thing about Professor David Richmond. He was 100% legally blind. He could Hmm. never have seen, by that time, actually, the nose had gotten fixed, but he couldn't see all the things that everybody had always judged me on. He saw what I believed was actually who I was. And on that man's faith, I left college called my parents and said, I'm not going to be a lawyer. I know I don't have any money, but I'm going to New York City. And I'm going to be an actress. And my parents, I thought they were going to be so mad at me. They were like, we love you no matter what you do. Good luck. We'll help you as much as we can. And James, I'll tell you what, I auditioned for my very first movie and I got the lead role. Now it's a horror film, but it's called Splatter University. But I got that. I ended up on Broadway with Christopher Reeve. I've starred in television shows. I lived a dream that maybe because I didn't tell anybody, I just pursued. And I'll tell you what, it's been the most magical of lives because I stopped. I never asked anybody's permission. I just went ahead and did it. Wow. You know, you know, I did, first of all, I didn't know that you did comedy, but I can see that. And the, the thing I want, I want people to know, I want to kind of set the stage. We have a lot to talk about uh, the queen of pitch. We talk about breakthrough, what you have going on next. And uh, I want people to be able to plug into whatever you're doing because you're absolutely incredible. So I trust everybody with you. Um, but I look at just the different transitions 
in your life. And when you were talking about the queen of pitch and you were talking about your dreams in your head, you also had to kind of pitch to yourself. Isn't that true? You had to pitch to yourself. You had to get yourself in. in where, where did that come from? When you communicate with yourself and, and then self-response, yes, I can do this. Yes, I'll follow it. I wanted to matter. Now I'm going to start to cry, actually. The first time this became important was my, um, my dad, who I love more than anything. I was a teenager, and he slipped, and he cut off the whole front of his hand in a printing press. And my dad would spend the next three years in the hospital. He had 15 different operations. And all throughout high school, I didn't get to go to high school. But I didn't know we had a sports team. Um, but the funny thing was this, this ability to dream, because that's all that I had to hold on to, was I kept thinking, if the people in movies and TV could do this, like I lived for the Academy Awards night to see the underdogs just like win. And I was sitting in the hospital. And I didn't realize this. Until I started speaking, but my dad's hospital room overlooked the only mansion in my hometown. And it was right across the street from my orthodontist. And from the street level, you could only see trees and you knew there was something cool behind there. And I fixated on this. So now I'm looking down at it and there's this giant circular driveway and two giant chimneys and I remember thinking, what is Christmas like in their house? What is it like to have Halloween? Do you think they do full candy bars? And I imagined it so much so that when I got to New York, right after college, the first thing that I did, because I didn't know where to live, was I applied for a job as a social secretary to W.R. Grace family, and they were billionaires. And they let me be their social secretary. Now, this was, was all fake it till you make it. I had zero social skills. I didn't know shit about anything, but they thought I was kind of cute. And the fact that I wanted to be an actress and audition for soap operas, they thought that was so cute. And I remember Mrs. Grace one day, we're in the car and she looks at me, she's like, you need to get Louis Vuitton out of the trunk. And I'm like, I'm sorry, who's in the trunk? And she looked back at me and she said, oh, you'll learn. And I said, yes, I will. I said, this, I, I, I do, I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure this out. And I just wanted to prove to my parents, and this really was what it was about. It took me about the first 10 years of, on my own, and I bumped into some seminar, which is why I love teaching breakthrough and things like that, where I, I went through a, a training where it allowed me to see who I was and some of the things that were stuck in me and break through some things, some limiting beliefs. And I called my dad on the phone. I said, Dad, I think I know why I do what I do. It's because I want your approval. And my dad said to me, what are you talking about, kiddo? You've always had it. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait a second. I always did that to prove to you how wonderful I was. Right. And, and that's kind of what I kept doing. The truth is my dad never made more than $100,000 a year, God bless him, as a machinist. And James, I wanted to, and it's not that I wanted his love. I knew I had it. I just wanted to prove something. Yeah. I remember the first year I actually started my first company in my 20s. I did a company called Sing. Well, I was called Strippergram, Singing and Stripping Telegrams, which is a whole nother episode. Okay. But I made a lot of money and I came home and I'm like, dad, oh. I've made 135,000 this year. And my dad looked at me and he was kind of sad. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, congratulations. That's great. And I realized that he actually felt bad for himself. Hmm. And I thought, wow, like I didn't. Okay. And I took that. And I said, you know what? I'm going to run with this. You had limitations. You got to a certain level. I'm going to explode this. And the truth is, I don't let anyone say I don't know in my world. If you say I don't know, I make you, I make you give $10 to my daughter's charity. Mm -hmm. She has a charity where, because she's unstoppable. And you've met McKenna. You have no idea what she's grown into, James. In the last eight weeks, this little girl has grossed $100,000 doing an online business. Wow. She surpassed mm -hmm. me and her granddad and almost any teenager I've ever met 
because she only grew up listening to me talk and you talk. I mean, she literally grew up listening to all of us say how things were not, you could do whatever you want. And she believed us. So I have this drive that I just wanted to experience the best life. I told my mom, I finished starring in my first movie and I said to her mom, you guys have never left this country. My dad fought in the Korean war, but my mom was terrified to leave America. And I said, I've got this map of Europe. And I have this book I read called Fromer's Europe on $20 a day. And I made $2,000. I'm going to take this and I'm going to see this. I made a whole drawing of starting in England, going down France, Spain, up and through the other side. I want to go see this before I get so famous. The paparazzi won't leave me alone. That's a crazy thought, right? Let's go. (laughs) And I said to her, mom, I have this vision that I'm 83 years old and I'm telling the most wonderful story of my life and to my kids and my grandkids. And I said, but mom, I've got nothing to talk to them about. I'm going to set off to write the most amazing story that anyone's ever told. And that was the whole energy that I've ever had. And James, every time I get nervous and don't know if I can do something, I keep thinking, this is a great story. Who do I get to share this to? And the crazy thing now is that I get to share these great stories. And it, it's what I wanted when I was 21. We're, so- gonna go, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and uh, we're gonna come back. But you know, uh, we're gonna come back. Let's, take, let's go to break. We're gonna come back and go through the story. And during the break, we're gonna keep talking because we have another audience that's out there waiting for us. And I wanna touch on some things. We'll be right back with Forbes Riley. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com As we continue on life's journey, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Senior Straight Talk with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a purposeful and passionate, fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the information that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platform. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel find out what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel voice america empowerment.com you're tuned in to the james stentley show We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Again, that's JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. This part of our show is, is presented to you by JD3TV, and we're going to be launching the first weekend of November with full programming of entertainment, empowering, enlightening uh, programming that. I promise you it's going to be something special, something different, something you'll get a tremendous amount of value with. JD3D coming. 
JD3 TV coming November 6, 7, and 8. Back before, as far as you were, right? You're finishing out your story. You, do you remember where you were? Because we start talking during the break. You know what I remember? I remember the first time that I met you. I was on a path. I said I wanted to be a speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, the crazy thing about being a speaker, because I watched a lot of great speakers and it, it confused me to no end. I thought I have nothing to really speak about. Up until that point, I was an actress and I said other people's words. And, but I kept feeling there's must, something inside that needed to come out. And so I went on a path to figure out who's the best speakers in the business, what do they talk about, and how do they do this? And I ended up in Bill Walsh and invited me to Rainmaker. And I remember saying those terrible words I used to say, I can't afford it. And he said, no, 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 just come and be my guest. And I walked in and you were there. Now, you probably don't realize this, but I looked at you and I felt the reverberation of your voice and your spirit. Something about you, just, I, I got it. I, I, I don't remember the... how I would even know to know that. But I have to share with you that it was so powerful that yes, I did grab you and I took you into a side room. And I remember saying that Mm -hmm. you were at the moment, you were a little larger than life. There was something I thought physically, man, you need to own this. Something in your spirit seemed, and this is weird, but I can feel things in people. And I had a sense that you didn't know how powerful that you really were at that moment, if I may be so bold. Mm -hmm. And I, we, we talked and I, it was literally, I know it was like, wow, this was magic. I could feel your spark. And because of that moment, you and I have become friends and we have served to uplift each other in a way that is, it's magical, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's extremely special. And we go everywhere. And, and I watched you evolve from the, uh, the actress from the beginning and watch you go into that. And you had this amazing gift that you can, again, feel that energy. You can read that spirit. And you can you, you connect with it very very quickly, and that's uh, when you're fully self-expressed and open. You you can receive it because you're willing and to be vulnerable enough to receive it. And with that, you've been able to create a breakthrough and take people down a path within themselves that they can never go by themselves. They don't know how to do it. You give them that access. So we I applaud um, your work. So let we got a lot to go through. Let's talk about. Well, I tell you what, you're so rich in in content and in mind. I want to catch up what you're doing. So tell us about. What's next? You know, okay, you went through this thing, your dad, um, you know, your, your, your dad and you making the money and, and you start evolving and growing and you want to be the speaker. And now what happened next? Because I remember you had spin gym. Well, actually, let's backtrack. I didn't become a speaker till I was in my 50s. Okay. okay. I am 60 years old, maybe four, late 40s. In yeah. the early 20s, I auditioned, got a lot of, I got a lot of television. Uh, I did so. Now, here's the thing. Every time I got something, though, it turns out that my talent bumped into my physical. I was always a little chunky, right? So I ended up having to go to Overeaters Anonymous. I auditioned. I ended up on Broadway with Christopher Reeve. And there was always this kind of, I was never quite the star, but I did well. When I was on a soap opera, I was larger. I mean, literally, I'm standing next to Meg Ryan and Julianne Moore on As the World Turns. And everybody kept talking about my body. Why couldn't I just get to be thinner and thinner? Well, to one, it's, it's very frustrating. That's all I can tell you. But I learned a lot of lessons. Now, what speaking did for me was it allowed me to go back in my life and discern the lessons that I learned. So one of the lessons, and I didn't even realize I did this, I was a little chatterbox, okay? And sometimes I would talk too much at an audition and I would blow it. And so all of a sudden I've got this big Broadway audition, me opposite Christopher Reeve in the play, The Marriage of Figaro. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I thought, I can't go in there as me. If I do, I'm going to talk too much. 
So maybe I should pretend to be somebody else. Now, this has become very valuable for students now. Mm-hmm. I had just seen the movie Audrey Hepburn's in Roman Holiday, and she's pretend and she is the, the princess, and she escapes from the castle one night to have this one night where she, nobody recognizes her. And Gregory Peck finds her, and they have this delicious, amazing night in Rome. And but she's still a princess. And so I thought, if I was a princess, I wouldn't talk as fast as Forbes Riley does. I would look a little different. I would have a better attitude. My back would be, do you see how I just changed my energy? Yeah. Now you don't know what I'm thinking. And I went into New York as though nobody knew that I was a princess who had just escaped from the castle. Mm -hmm. And I auditioned. And I did my whatever it is I do. And I got the part. So sometimes I teach people that stop being you. Stop carrying the baggage of your past when it doesn't serve you. Nobody needs to hear all the horrible things that have happened to you. In fact, you can pretend they don't exist. The crazy thing about life is you can be whoever you want. Now, because I knew there were no rules. Now, I'm also telling a lot of things I never said when I was younger because I was afraid they would come back to bite me. So get this. In my 20s, even though I did a Broadway play, soap operas and, and movies, I couldn't get the right kind of agent. In fact, before the Me Too movement came out, I was chased around several desks, uh, met for lunch in hotel rooms, all kinds of things that I had to fight through. That's what you get when you're a young actress. And one day I said, screw it. I don't need this. And so I opened a company called Creative Management for Artists, CMA. Got a logo, got everything, got the stationery. In the old days, we had voicemail. And I hired a woman named Lindsay Maxwell to be my manager. Well, the crazy thing about Lindsay Maxwell is I am her. And so I would simply say, no, no, yes, you must see Forbes Riley. Oh, she's wonderful. Oh, have you seen her in Broadway? She is, and I would, I got more jobs as Lindsay Maxwell for Forbes Riley than any agent or manager I'd ever had. Really? That's what it took? That's number one that I never admitted. Number two that I never admitted. You had to have an equity card to get in a, an audition and you had, to have an, you had to have a job to get a card and a guard to get, well, I, I, what? So one day I found a loophole and I know this is going to go public, but what the heck, it's too late anyway. There's no Broadway anymore anyway. (laughs) And I found out and I read the rules that if you open a show and you put all all the cast and crew together, you have to put a bond up for them, but the show doesn't open, they still get their equity card. Hmm. And so we're talking about pitching before I knew what pitching was. I somehow pitched 10 struggling actors and a director and a stage manager to give me $2,000 each on the promise that if the show doesn't open, they'll not only get their money back, but they'll get their equity card. Mm. And okay. it worked. It worked beautifully. We all got our cards. The show, we worked all that, the show never opened. I don't remember how I, or what made me think I could get away with all of this, mm-hmm. but I did. It was never designed to hurt anybody, but it was designed to get what I wanted. And one of the things that I learned about life is figure out what you want and then go get it. In between all this, I took a vacation to Club Med. And Club Med is this all-inclusive resort. And while I was there, I saw something very interesting. Their shows every night, they don't hire talent. They actually put all the people who work on the tennis team and the bakery team and the sports team on stage, and they let them lip sync to shows. Well, I got there, and they were doing the recorded version of a chorus line. And there's a character in there. It's music in the mirror. And a girl gets to get up there, and I always wanted to play this, but I can't sing. I really, I can't, I mean, I've auditioned enough to embarrass myself. I could dance, but I couldn't sing. And that just frustrated me. Well, James, I'm watching on stage, this girl lip sync and she can't dance. And I'm like, oh girl. And she's in front of 800 people. I said, I'm going to do that. So I walked up and I said, well, how do I get to work for you guys? He said, well, you have to get hired. I'm like, okay. I go back to New York city 
And I walk into the club med office and I knock, excuse me, I'd like to see your vice president, please. I would like to tell him that I think their club needs some help. And she's like, excuse me, do you have an appointment? I said, no, no, no. I said, I need to see the vice president, please. Next, I know I'm sitting in the vice president's office. And he said, can I help you? I said, yeah. I said, I'm a Broadway actress. I've just come back from your club. And I have to tell you, the audience didn't really appreciate all the humor. You guys have a lot of French jokes and French humor. And I think you need to do some things differently. I'm 26 years old. And he said, well, like what? And I read down the list of all the things that I thought they should do differently. And he looks at me and he says, how long can you go for? Like, go where? He said, well, we have a club in Sonora Bay and we have an entertainer there and he's a French mime. I said, well, don't you think that's ironic that the mime can't talk very well? (laughs) And they said, well, can you go down there and, and help him? And I did. Now, James, this is the craziest story. Imagine this. I want, I had dreams of being a game show host, which is ludicrous. There's hardly any ever female game show host. I mean, think about it. There's Bob Barker. There's all these Wink Martindale. There's no women game show host, right? But I wanted to do that. So I arrive at this club med in Sonora Bay, Mexico. I'm from New York and I pretty much assume the clothes. I said, guys, I've been sent by the New York team to change over your entire entertainment. There's a window between four o'clock and seven o'clock, four o'clock, all the sports ends and six or seven o'clock dinner starts. And there's this two hour window. We're going to create a different game show every night. You set designers, you're going to build a set for Hollywood Squares for the dating game for Family Feud and the price is right. Great. You guys go do that. The cast over here, you're going to play all the little squares. I remember one of them was like uh, from Miami Vice. That's how I'm dating myself. Right. <laughs> and, and I got to host every night a game show. And it was a massive hit. The vice president and the president of Club Med come down there to see who this crazy girl is that's actually now running the entertainment part of their club, creating all of this. And then they offered me a full-time job, which I said, no, no, I don't want to work for you guys full-time, but I'll be part-time. And for the next 10 years, James... I had a free ticket anytime I wanted to go to a club med anywhere Mm -hmm. and work on their entertainment department. I could. Wow. There are times in New York where you just want to do that. Who creates, who creates the blueprint for that? Yeah. Wow. Wow. So it's really, you know, we all have gifts inside of us and a lot of times we don't realize that our gifts bring value to other people and we can create opportunities for ourselves with those gifts, but you got to dream it, believe it, and you got to step into it. You got to own it. Yeah. Now, we got to go into pitching and breakthrough. Where do you want to go? I'm going to to give it to you because I'm I'm taking notes. So today I'm teaching a class called Breakthrough. Hmm. The thing that I have discovered, James, is I'm set on a path about how your brain works. I studied hypnotherapy, NLP, and magic. With my dad, I do a lot of magic. And the way your brain works is kind of interesting. It's very much like a computer screen. If I said the word high school, you'd bring up a file of photos and visuals and and documents. If there's something bad happens to you, you seem to want to put that right in the front of your screen. But there's an operating system to your hard drive. Now, here's the interesting thing. In the real world, there's only two computers. There's PCs and Macs, right? One is more linear. One is more kind of artistic. Well, that's all of us. We're either more linear, we're accountants and traditional, or we're artists, right? But the same thing for every computer. You have a hard drive. You have an operating system. And I'm going to tell you, from what I can understand, your operating system starts to come to life when you're four years old or about then. And it's not what happens to you, but it's the decision that you make about life. And I actually have a very interesting insight into Bill Walsh that I will share with you. I've asked thousands of people this. James, I don't know if I ever asked you, what is your first memory in life? Oh, you have asked me that. Um, I was about three years old. 
And I had a big giant airplane for Christmas and playing with that airplane at three years old. What's the decision that you made about life based on that moment? In that moment, I wanted to fly. I, I have three sisters and I'm the only boy. I learned to create things in my own mind. To so stop for a second. Yeah. How's that worked out in your whole life? Do you create things in your own mind and do you fly, my friend? Yes. Yes, you do. Wow. I will tell you, that is what's magical. Now, here's what's sad. Many people at that age have had something bad or tragic happen to them. A drunk parent told them they weren't good enough. Somebody's molested them or raped them. I will tell you the decisions about life include, I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. No one should ever listen to me. You've met those people and you want something better for them, but I will tell you their operating system is corrupted. It only takes one little, one little piece of the hard drive. You can actually change it and erase it. That's the crazy part of the brain because your memories are not real. No matter what you remember, if you and I saw the exact same thing, we'd have a different impression of it. And by the way, when you're four years old, you think you can trust what the memory is anyway? Now, here's the thing, though. It's not the memory. It's the decision that you made about life. Because some people have tragedy happen to them, and their decision is, I can do anything in spite of that. And those are the leaders that you see in this world. So I meet Bill Walsh. This is really funny. I've heard mostly tragic things. That's what people like to focus on. I meet Bill and I've asked him the question and Bill says, I was on my bicycle as a kindergartner in Chicago, riding myself to kindergarten. And I thought, no, you didn't. Then nobody. And then I thought, you know what? You did, my friend. You did. You had that sense of I can do anything too, because that's how he lives his life. Now, the worst thing that happens to a child is they have that I can dream, that fly, whatever that is. And then somewhere between seven and 15, something tragic happens to them. Parents get divorced, dad sees mom, they meet beating up each other, or somebody gets bullied, and that beautiful spirit is now squished. And they grow up with these two sides, this battle. And you know if you've got this inside of you, part of you thinks that you're meant for greatness, and part of you thinks that you're not worth anything. And you go back and forth. And maybe you use drugs or alcohol or something to kind of numb the pain because you know you're meant for more, but you can't figure it out. Those things are fixable. Because it's based on a memory that's not real. And that's the work I am now dedicated to doing. I just took 12 students on a path where they released the fact that they, that dad told they were not worth. I mean, literally, it's, I don't know why people, they, we all deal with this stuff. It's, it's, it's insane. I actually introduced the phrase to a woman who, whose mom just, she just couldn't get out of her own way. At this age, she's still thinking, I'm not worthy of this and my life is crap. You know what? I just changed her mom out to be Mary Poppins. And she hit on the word supercalifragilistic after the breakthrough training today. You know what she said to me? What's that? She says, I think I'm going to get that tattooed on my body hmm. because wow. now that means to her that anything is possible and you are not held hostage. Here's the crazy thing though. I do not believe that without a coach that you can find this for yourself. There's something that every great athlete has. I don't care how talented they are. I don't care what country they come from. If they're in the Olympics, every one of them has a coach who can see the coffee cup. You're the coffee in the cup. They can see the game and they're willing to push you. I pushed everybody today. And that's what coaches, real coaches do so that you shatter limiting beliefs about yourself. So I'll tell you how this works. I have two students. They both, two little boys fall out of a tree when they're little. One breaks his leg. Mom and dad, not there. Strangers take him to the hospital. His decision about life. Oh, people will always be there to help you. He becomes a pastor. Wonderful man. The other little boy who fell out of a tree and broke his leg, mom and dad not there. Strangers take him to the hospital. Same story. His decision about life is screw mom and dad. They're never there to help. You should never trust anybody. 
that that man is unfortunately serving a life prison in jail. Yeah. All of his anger and all of his hatred. It was the decision about life. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you that one of the things that I do and I'm committed to is what we call the three R's right now. You recall those moments. We're going to rewire so that your belief system works for you, not against you. And then we reboot you. And all of a sudden, it's though the day got brighter. You remember when I did I Want With You? All of a sudden, you're like, you, what, you feel lighter. You feel younger. You feel more empowered. That's what I do now. Wow. Now, I don't want to wait to the end to promote it. How can people get more information about your program if they want to be a part of this incredible journey and going through breakthrough? Go to www.forbes360.com. Everything I have is right there. You want to take breakthrough class? Come. Here's the other thing I'm going to offer you guys. I love to pitch. For me, pitching is like air. I can't imagine life without it. And if you can effectively touch, move, excite, engage, and enroll people into what you're doing, the money comes. You're not trying to sell anybody anything. In fact, this is the crazy thing about life. You pitch a lot. You don't even realize it, except when you go to pitch. So let's say you have your favorite restaurant. You went, you love the meal. You tell 10 friends about it, right? They go. Number one, they also don't give you any money. The restaurant doesn't even want to give you a free meal. I've created something amazing. Every Sunday, James, since this whole COVID thing started for the last nine or 10 weeks, Wait a minute, hold up, wait, we got to take a quick commercial. Oh, oh, come back, come back. I saw you going, well, I thought I was going to get you in there. We'll pick it up, I won't forget. We're going to take another quick break, and we're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about how you pitch every day and how we're going to make that pitch magical. Woo! Come back. <laughs> Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market live up to your fullest potential this is the voice america empowerment channel You're tuned in to The James Stentley Show. We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at thejamesstentleyshow.com. Again, that's JD at thejamesstentleyshow.com. Now, back to the show. 
You know, as I've been doing this show, I have a, a lot of amazing people, but sometimes the, the time just kind of drags. And I look at the clock and I said, wow, we're running out of things to talk about. And you're the time just flying through, man. We got to have you right back next week and finish this up. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, it's so funny because I'm watching Facebook too. And one of our guys, Schroeder writes, he's like, I'm watching you and James. It's like I can feel myself changing on a cellular level, mm-hmm. hearing and feeling both of you. Thank you. Yeah. So, yay on you. There you go. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So she was at the uh, at the camp and uh, and uh, yeah, we all donated to that. Try to get in and then push that thing over. She's uh, how old was she then? OK, so my daughter was 14 years old. She'd already been doing some Internet marketing mm-hmm. and you were we were teaching pitch clamp. It, 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 beautiful. I love your people, by the way. And I had McKenna get up and and do her pitch because I wanted you guys to hear how well she pitches. Now, if you guys go to www McKenna with an A, McKenna Riley's with an S, McKenna Riley's boat.com. It is still an active fundraising campaign. We still raise money to this day to help. And she takes out kids and it's a beautiful thing. But the videotape that she did is actually a spectacular pitch. The way she excited, engaged, and enrolled and realized how she was getting to your heart. Most of you guys pitch as though we're a billboard and we're not even there. And it's, it's disgusting. And I'll tell you why. Because most of you have a good idea, a good product, a good service. But if you don't speak into our hearts... We don't want to buy it. You keep telling us, well, you need this and you need that. No, no, stop, knock that off. Tell, don't tell us what we need because we only buy what we want. So if you enroll us, we'll do whatever we want to do. And so McKenna's doing this speech and it was short. And with that, Melissa, who I'll still thank, in, got up and she said, I would like to donate $1,000. And she's crying. And I said, okay, wait, wait, what's going on? She said, Her little boy walked out the back of their house when he was four years old and he drowned in a ravine. And she said, if McKenna will talk about water safety, she'd love to do that. The next day, she touched my daughter so much. My daughter says, mom, can I name my boat Drew after her, after her son? And this is what pitch can get you. And so when you do your pitch, a couple of things that you need to know. Number one, what is it you want? That's very important to know. And then the second thing is, why do you want it? So, James, let me ask you a question. Why do you do what you do? Oh, this is my, my life's journey. I realize that, uh, you know, your story and your success can be somebody else's miracle. Your story, even if it may seem that it's uh, that it, when there's challenges, it, it, it builds, it prepares you to be able to help other people, to give people access. Okay. Now let me go way back into your past. You mm-hmm. could be doing anything, my friend. Why this? Were you not heard at some point or did you hear a speaker? What was it that initiated this, what you do? For me? Yeah. Um, you know, I'll tell you, I've had people in my life and they would say things like, James, you're, you're very intelligent. If you increase your vocabulary, you could do anything. Or somebody, I, I went to a friend uh, many years ago. I said, I got an idea. I'm going to make a million dollars. He looked at me and said, just one. Ha <laughs> ha. And, and I've been around people that admit that I respected, that gave me the vision to stretch because in the end of the day, I just wanted to be somebody. I just wanted to be somebody. I will tell you, man, that's what I wanted. I wanted to matter. Yeah. But before Facebook, because I did a lot of things before Facebook, by the way, and I didn't think anybody realized. I was afraid. My biggest fear before Facebook was that I was going to die and no one would know what I'd done. Now, why do I say that? It's because I'd already helped start ESPN's X Games. I helped start the world of infomercials. I helped start the world of cable television. Mm -hmm. The first TV series that I did with Body by Jake, he sold for $500 million to Fox, but no one knew we were doing these things. And it was hard to get PR for, for, I I tried. I paid a lot of PR reps, a lot of money, and it would always come down to, well, you know, Julie Roberts is doing a movie. And even though you paid us, we really, nobody wants you on the cover of a magazine. And I thought, damn, 
all of a sudden social media came out and I realized number one, that I was already famous and I didn't know it because you didn't realize it. The best thing that ever happened to me and everyone else is social media and YouTube. If you go to my YouTube channel, you can watch for about four and a half weeks, the story of my life. And that's if you watch it back to back. How when I was 18 years old, I ended up on the $20,000 pyramid, my first movie, things that I've done. It's all, I put it all there. And let's talk about out of the box. Mm-hmm. There's a video there called Die Hard Explodes My Home. I don't know if you know this, yeah. but when you live outside of the box, so far, there is no box. Right. I was going to remodel my house in California. I had a very small house and a very big property. And my architect said, hey, if you knock down the house, I'll give you a thousand square feet for more, uh, for no more money. And I thought, he said, well, it's 25,000 to knock your house down. I said, I don't have 25 to just knock my house down. I said, how about we blow it up? He said, excuse me? I said, yeah, I saw, you know, Mel Gibson blew up a house in Los Angeles. Why can't we just blow it up? He said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, well, don't worry about that. I went on the internet. I want someone to explode my house. Three days later, it was the movie Die Hard. Wow. You know what they gave me? $25,000 and they blew up my house. <laughs> now that's a video. I, before iPhones, I had a big camcorder and I videotaped this so my kids could see what happened to their house. Good thing I did it. It was 14 years ago. And boom, we are the opening scene in Die Hard or Live Free or Die Harder. Yeah. That's what I talk about when I say I don't know the rules. I don't know anyone, James, you've ever interviewed who's blown up their house. Am I correct? Absolutely. You're the first. Only. That's been the path of my life. So what happened since COVID happened? I did a little math and maybe you did too, but I've traveled. I would travel to Europe to do QVC. I did 48 trips to London. That's 11 hours each way. I travel across the country. That's five hours each way. Plus the two hours in the airport, plus the one hour to the hotel. Plus the t- I added it up to two solid months a year that I did nothing. Hmm. Well, now that seems like quite a waste. So this quarantine thing happens and I'm stuck in my house, which is not a bad thing. I have a good house. I'm glad I set that up. I've got a man that I love, smart on me, good on you too. And I have two kids who, as a seniors in high school, they can't go out with their friends. So my daughter says, mom, how about we shift everything one more time? If you sit down and you focus on what you love to do, mom, you love to teach. You love to break through people. I have to tell you between this and Zoom, and if I help you build this company, you can change the world. This morning at 8.30 a.m., I was all over Dubai with one of the top broadcasters there because they called and said, wow, we, we love you. We're so inspired by you. Every day I'm on a summit. James, this didn't happen before COVID. Yeah. I was on a lot of stages. I hit 10,000 people with Grant Cardone and lots of other people. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, all of a sudden, I don't need to wait at all. I flip on a switch and millions of people. I've got 2 million followers on Facebook right now. And we can change the world. And I've got to tell you, as a woman, I look at your beautiful bride. And I love this moment when Kara says, I'm a brain surgeon. <laughs> no, she really is a brain surgeon. You're like, oh, wow. I want Kim, how do you know that? <laughs> and we can do everything, anything we want. Yeah. For many years, James, I'm going to bring the subject matter around to the fact that as a woman, it's been challenging to be taken seriously. And I'm going to level that playing field. Because I was never given anything. There is no privilege here. This is about somebody who made a stand and said, you know what? I'm leaving my baggage way back at the airport. I'm on a plane with no baggage. I want to see how high I can fly and how many people I can take with me. Because my plane has no passenger list. It's about almost 2 million right now. And that is the wave of this world now. Because here's the thing. 
Number one, I think everybody prayed for this. Didn't you or somebody I heard say, I don't want to go to work on Monday. Guess what? Careful what you wish for. I want more time with my children. Careful what you wish for. And so we're at a time in history right now where I want you to wish. Learn how to pitch what you want so your ideas are heard. Before our last break, I was going to give out something. Every Sunday, since all of this started at 5 o'clock, you can meet me live. It's $19. I don't let you in for free anymore. I'll tell you why. Because people who don't pay anything, there's not a worthwhile exchange of skin, but you got $19 in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's www. Pitch Secrets Masterclass. Hold on. Oh, you got that? Yeah. I want to type in it. Okay. I do this, James. I've met and inspired hundreds and hundreds of people in the last nine weeks. Oh. We've started business. Now, here's the next thing I did. I've taken on some insane challenges because that's who I am, right? James, how long did it take you to write your last book? Ooh, when I decided to write it? Yep. Um, well, I transcribed it on the phone with interviews, so probably about uh, three weeks. Great. I had a, my last book took me three years to write. Yeah. So I met a publisher who says, Forbes, I got an idea for one habit, one habit for entrepreneurial success. I need 50 co-authors. I said, how long does it take most people to do that kind of a book? He's like three to six months. I said, great. I'm going to do it in 24 hours. There you go. Wow. I'll have all 50. You know what? Not only do I have all 50, but I have Les Brown, Joe Theismann, the guy who created Pictionary, the guy who created Make-A-Wish. I've got movie stars. I've got Hercules, Kevin Sorbo. I have a list. I have Gary Lockwood, who starred in 2001, A Space Odyssey, the original Captain Kirk. I have put together a miracle because I said I could. Right. Because now if you come to me, you come to my world, you tell me what you want, I'll show you how to get it. Love it. Woo. Look, you guys, you guys have to get in her class. Go Sunday. Give me that website again on Sunday. Pitch Secrets Masterclass. Pitch Secrets Masterclass. And then go to Forbes360.com to find out about your class. Now, are you still in Florida? I am. I'm in Tampa, Florida. Okay. That's great. The same, you got a new studio or the same studio? I have my beautiful television studio, but I'll tell you what, I recreated another studio right here in my house because the truth is I'm wearing my pajama bottoms. <laughs> I was talking to Les Brown with our network marketing business. He was talking to our group and he was talking about just like you, you know, you can be in Dubai and he was in Russia speaking this morning and he's writing his home and he's got a dress shirt on. He stands up. He's got on red Mickey Mouse draws. <laughs> it is the joy of the 21st century. I talked to Les yesterday. Mm-hmm. I did something crazy. So mm-hmm. Elaine Lalane, you know, people ask me about my mentors of which you're on that list, by the way. You are definitely one of my speaking mentors, as is Joe Theismann. He took me under his wing a long time ago and let me know that I, 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 this is fascinating. One of the things that he did for me was we would talk on the phone every week because he was this great high-paid speaker and I was terrified of speaking because I didn't think I could. And he kept telling me how amazing I was until one day I started to believe him. It took a little, I went kicking and screaming because even though I did all these things, it wasn't until just recently that I actually really believed that I did matter, that I was important, that I let the last vestiges of my self-doubt just wash away. Part of it comes with age. My grandmother was 96 years old when she died. Now, I didn't meet that woman until she was 92. She was a little cantankerous and very grudge-holding, mm-hmm. and she, uh, she had no editor. If she thought you were fat, she'd tell you. If you thought she was ugly, she'd tell you. She had no... And I realized when you're in your 20s, you care about what everybody thinks. At 96, you care about what nobody thinks. So I'm about in the middle. Mm -hmm. I just stopped caring. And I'll tell you why. 
this is a new thing for me. But when you get popular enough, people start hating on you. Mm -hmm. Wow. Publicly. I didn't know that that existed. And Russell Brunson grabbed me and he said, you know what, Forbes, you're not, you haven't made it till somebody hates you. And I'm like, well, that really though, that sucks. Cause I wanted to be liked. He's like, give that a rest. That's never going to happen. <laughs> and I've come to understand, keep your friends close and keep them whispering in your ears because at any point people want to cut you down, especially the more successful you get. And I will not have that in my world. A couple of things I live by, you get what you tolerate. That was huge for me. You do not let that narcissist in your life tell you that you are X, Y, or Z. You do like Facebook, you hit the delete button, you go, bye-bye, I got people who love me, and you fake it till you make it, or as I like to say, build the illusion to achieve the dream. Next thing, I've had really bad things happen to me in my life. I had a little boy, I'm going to make me cry, who looks just like you, James. I raised him for 12 years. His name was Dexter Rideout, and Dexter... Man, he thought that white people lived like on a hill and they were different and they were special. And I'm like, dude, man, I'm going to show you that that's not true. I'm going to show you that it's about how hard you work and how who you are as a person that matters before everything. And we kept Dexter out of a gang, no kids. And when he found his mom's gun, I made sure that he never found that one again. Until one day, July 21st, he was walking from my haircut to church right before his 20th birthday. And a kid two blocks away from him who grew up in South Central, who didn't have a dad, who had tattoos, who wanted to get into a gang, walked up behind my boy and shot him 10 times in the back and left him for dead on the sidewalk all by himself. My family, he was the best man of my wedding. He was, and we were on the cover of the the LA Times. We were one of those stories you just read about. Mm -hmm. And confusingly, his killer is spending 52 years to life in jail. And I feel bad for him too. He's a dad of two. That sucks. So if you're not, you need to be a mentor for somebody who doesn't necessarily see their way. And I will tell you that if you're successful, that is your right. That is your responsibility to reach down and pull somebody else up because not everybody understands life the way you do. And that is my conviction right now. I'm spending a great deal of time being a mentor, being a mom, being the queen of pitch, whatever you want to call me. Mm -hmm. But I said out loud to the universe, I said, it's not going to happen until my kids are old enough that they don't need me every day. They're 17 years old. They're getting ready to go off to college if that's what they want, but they're all going to be adults come four months from now. And now is the time when I have decided, and I told everybody, how come I haven't heard of you before? Because now is the time I've decided to sacrifice a part of my life and give it to you. And that's what's happening. That's what shifted for me. Wow. No, we're going to end the show, but we can keep talking for just a few minutes uh, because we'll still be on social media live. And I um, uh, just want to say thank you so much. We have our um, uh, event business accelerator the first week of November, and we're going to launch the streaming network. And then we're going to launch another limit list uh, in December. So we're going to talk about that. But I want to thank each and every one of you all for tuning in. We're going to come back next week. We have a very special guest. I'm going to try to get you back for us. But uh, Kevin Harrington, he got a little sick. And we're going to bring him back in here. And uh, I know you guys are besties. And uh, he's just a wonderful, wonderful man. I thank you for, for bringing him into my life. And I want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of the show. Remember, we don't think outside of the box because in our world, there is no box. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Forbes Raleigh, Forbes360.com. Thank you for listening to The James Dentley Show. Be sure to join James for another inspiring show next Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you here next week.